The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media U.S. Welcome to another edition of the McKnight's Long-Term Care News Market Leaders Podcast, where industry experts share their insights and the seeds of success are planted. I'm McKnight's Executive Editor, Jim Berklin, and I'm here with OmniCare's Lead Director of Clinical Nursing Services, Corinne Bishop. Today, we're talking about a very important topic that can become a big problem if we're not careful enough up front. We're talking infection control best practices, specifically updated guidance regarding F694, parenteral and IV fluids. The updated guidance for F694 went into effect last October and focuses on employing strategies to prevent infusion catheter-related infections and complications. Some key elements of the new guidance include more detailed assessment of the vascular access device and the resident's ability to report signs and symptoms of complications. So the big question is, has your facility been dealing with this appropriately? And if not, is it prepared to do so? We have that and much more today. In Corey Bishop, you'll see we have one of the absolute best sources to talk to us about this very topic as much as we want. In fact, I'm putting you on the spot, Corey. So let's jump right in. So, Corey, first of all, can you tell us what you feel are the most important considerations from the updated 694 guidance related to the administration of parenteral fluids? Thanks, Jim, and thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, so um, I think it's really important um, for our facilities to focus on the three key elements of the additions or enhancements to F694 related to parenteral fluids. And the first one is that that added guidance on the frequency of assessment of an IV catheter. Um, so really the intent here is to make sure, one, that you've assessed whether the patient has the ability to report symptoms. Two, do you know what type of infusion it is? Is it a vesicant? Is it an irritant? So we have to look at if it's a vesicant or irritant, are you going to increase the um, the the, the um, assessment of that catheter and the time in between assessments? Where is the IV located? Is it located in an area of flexion or is it located in an area that there's an increased risk that it could infiltrate? Um, and then also making sure, of course, that you have a policy to support that new added guidance. The second element is the new language on infection control around accessing inserting um, peripheral access devices or accessing central lines. Um, so I think that that is um, a, a lot of the new guidance is already in the standards. So it's not new information, but it's new to the guidance. So what we're seeing out there is a renewed focus on looking at infection control practices related to IV catheters. And then lastly, the need to document whether you still need that catheter once the therapy is discontinued. Um, so we know that if you leave a catheter in for an extra few more days, it really is just sitting there at, in, at risk of infection. So have it removed and get orders to discontinue it. All right, great. Now, what are the top three to five steps nursing homes need to take to ensure they are compliant with this updated guidance? So that's a great question. And I think that um, I want to answer it, education, education, education. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's not the answer you want. 
So I think what the first step is, is they need to review their policies and procedures related to the administration of parenteral IV fluids, right? So do you have the elements of the enhanced F694? Do you have those elements embodied in your policies and procedures? If not, Let's get the policies and procedures updated. Um, and from a, an Omnicare perspective, we have provide we have our own manual. We have a team of infusion nurses that author a manual. We review the manual um, every year. Uh, and so what we did is we looked at all of the the new language. And as I said, most of it is already in the standards. So it was embedded in our policies and procedures. However, I think we felt as though customers or facilities would be hard pressed under the pressure of survey to find a specific language. So what we did was we crafted a policy that embodied all of the new um, the new guidance in F six ninety four, and then we also created an algorithm. And the algorithm just sort of walks the facility through all of the elements that they need to look for um, with parental uh, with the administration of parental fluids. Um, the second thing, so policies, make sure your procedures are, are aligned with the new elements. And then lastly, I will stress education. I think education is critical, um, particularly in this time of what everyone wants to call recovery. And I think a lot of our customers are still struggling with the the pandemic and the results of the pandemic. And, and I mean, we still have facilities that are, are in situations where they still have COVID breakouts. And so we have to think about education and who to educate, right? Is it is it just your staff or do you have to make sure you're educating contract labor? And I think that that's what the biggest struggle is right now is how do we ensure that anyone in our building that's managing patients receiving IVs, how do we ensure that they're competent and how do we get that education? That's just an outstanding point because it kind of gets back to the old saying, knowledge is power. And in this way, enabling power more than anything, I think you can agree. So now I'm hoping you can give us some do's and don'ts for compliance with these changes. Okay. Well, as I said, do make sure that you've reviewed your policies and procedures. Make sure that they incorporate the new changes. And back to education, don't assume that the RNs in your building have IV competencies. And I think that's a huge disservice that a lot of long-term care facilities do to the RNs. We have, you know, new grads that are, are coming out, they're getting an orientation and then given the keys to the kingdom and you're it, you're the only RN in the building. In a hospital setting, they have a lot of backup. They have a lot of people they can ask. In a skilled nursing facility, they may not have much backup. So making sure that you're not just looking at your LPNs in terms of, of IV competencies and education, but also your RN staff, and are they competent to manage um, a patient receiving parental fluids? I mean, as we find out, and I told you folks at the beginning, Corey is a plethora of knowledge, and that's why we love to have her back on. Now, we'd like to know, how is Omnicare helping its partner facilities stay compliant with the new guidelines? So, as I said, we did craft um, a policy specific so that if a facility, an Omnicare customer, is under survey and they're looking at these at F694, they can go straight to a policy that incorporates all of the new language. 
But again, a lot of the language that they added, particularly around infection control and assessment of catheters and catheter type, it was already in our policies and procedures. So um, the, the second thing that we did is make sure we incorporate that into education. And we do offer comprehensive education. Um, we have our core, our core education program that's in, entitled in Essentials of Infusion Therapy. It's a 16-hour program. It's a huge lift for facilities, particularly um, right now during the significant labor shortages that we're seeing in our space. So we have alternative methods to get that education. And one of those would be we have the same programs available in an online learning so that the the nurse can learn at her own time and at her own pace. So that's available. The algorithm that I mentioned earlier, we did create an algorithm to guide the facility through the process of assessing for the need for the catheter, assessing the patient's ability to um, mo to monitor and, ex and, and report any complications. Um, so looking at what the location of the catheter is, assessing what type of fluid um, that they're infusing. Is it a vesicant? Is it an irritant? Making sure that if it is, that they're looking at assessing that more frequently. So rather than looking at an IV site every two hours, if it's a known irritant, you're going to check that infusion every hour. So things like that, we put all of that in place for our customers. We also created um, what I call just in, a just-in-time learning series, and that would include our posters. So one of the biggest things, I think the greatest lessons that we at Omnicare learned from the pandemic and looking at what our customers are going through is that we have great education programs and you, they're just wonderful. Um, however, staffing is an issue and we, no, facilities don't have time to pull staff out for an hour to listen to an in-service. So we created just-in-time posters and the posters basically are specific to a topic. They have five key elements and the, uh, the challenge that was put to the nursing team that created these posters is you have one minute with the nurse. What is the most important thing that you want to get across in that one minute? And that's what you can put on the poster. And so I think that is really helpful. And we have created some posters around um, administration of IV fluids to, to help with um, meeting and staying in compliance with, with the new regulations. Those posters sound really fascinating. That's a great idea. Now, the updated guidance went into effect in October 2022. Uh, what type of survey activity have you seen since it went into effect? Well, that that's a great question, um, and we we do monitor um, the the survey activity across the nation, um, and we monitor tags. So, one of the things that we are seeing is an increased um, increased survey activity around parenteral fluids um, and administration of IVs. And in fact, just in the past three months, we've had four of our own customers that were cited um, relative to six ninety four. However, what's very interesting is the citation was F-725, nursing services, and the citation was around competencies. So the surveyors do have a renewed interest. They are watching um, nurses administer IVs. They are watching them change, change central line dressings. And so when they're identifying um, opportunities for improvement, they are also asking facilities, show me 
the competencies. Show me that you have ensured that this nurse has been educated in this procedure and is competent to perform it. And that's where I think we have to be extra careful um, in making sure that we're looking at all staff, not just assuming, well, the LPN needs an LPN IV therapy course, but looking at does the RN need additional education to make sure that they're competent. So, um, you know, and we ha we have also tracked a, a slight increase in um, citations on 694 since the implementation in October. All righty. Very interesting. Okay. Now, uh, in closing, what would be your abbreviated poster message to the folks listening in? Educate as much as you can, as often as you can. Um, encourage or demand that your agency um, contract agency nurses have appropriate education and can demonstrate and provide those competencies to you. I think, uh, you know, there is a predicted nursing shortage well into 2030. Um, and so the use of contract labor will probably continue in, in the onus is on the facilities to, to really demand that contract agencies get their nurses skilled up. Um, Omnicare has, in, you know, in the past, that's been a huge challenge because they're not part of a facility, but we do have an opportunity that we can help facilities get their agencies skilled, um, skilled up to manage patients with complex needs. So, but I think that's the biggest message is, is revisit your education files, revisit your competencies, and make sure that everyone is prepared, properly prepared to manage these, these complex patients. And again, I think the other message I really would like to leave with everyone is don't shy away from complex patients. There's an absolute need out there um, for facilities to take higher acuity patients, and it's, it's just really getting properly prepared, developing the programs, and then continuous education. Well, Corey, thanks for some outstanding thoughts and observations. This FTAG was updated a certain way with specific goals in mind, and your great insight here is going to help a lot of folks with compliance. We've been speaking with Corinne Bishop of Omnicare. Thanks again, Corey. And I say thank you to our listeners. This has been another excellent edition of the McKnight's Long-Term Care News Market Leaders Podcast. We look forward to seeing you again next time. In the meantime, please check out our various other archived podcast installments wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jim Berklin, wishing you good health and outstanding days ahead. Mm -hmm.